Julio Jones, Dalvin Cook, David, I mean, Derek Carr, Marcus Mariota, Chris Carson. That's not a list of the week's top stores. That's a list of the guys who left their games with injuries. Fantasy gods, on behalf of everyone who plays fantasy football, whatever we did to anger you, we're sorry. Oh, and thanks for giving us to Sean Watson. He rules. Let's run up the score. You're listening to Run Up the Score, a fantasy football podcast. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to Run Up the Score. This is your week four recap episode coming at you. It's Donald here with Scott hey. and Tom. Hey, everybody. And uh, gentlemen, we've got our first interview with one of our internet celebs from the Internet Celebrity League. Uh, Brent, a.k.a. at Merman5, is going to be calling into the show this week. We're uh, super excited to have him. Because uh, he's been he's been playing pretty well, yeah. And uh, it's he's one of the more serious competitors. Um, everybody's taking it seriously, obviously, but he's one of the ones who's like really him and Bucky Isotope. Their uh, their back and forth has been really fun. And we'll uh, get into that absolutely when it comes. So uh, let's start with overall impressions. How's Week Four been treating us so far? I thought it was a pretty wild week. Um, pretty sad week for yeah. some for some guys. I mean, really tough injuries. Chris Carson, that that one really stunk. I have him in a league and I really was like really excited for him to start taking off and it looked like he was gonna and then and he was here comes the injury bug biting again yeah Yeah, I lost uh David Johnson Danny Woodhead and Chris Carson in one league you know it's piling up in some but uh silver lining is that league I mentioned last week where I'm scoring a lot but losing every week got my first W so all right the path to glory begins all right so uh as I mentioned in the cold open, lots of injury news to get to. We will be recapping every game. Uh, but in order to do that, though, uh, let's we're going to get to our recap segments, and we've got a new one for you. And uh, wait a minute. Is that a, is that a spaceship? I look around at us. You know what I see? Losers. That's right. It's Peter Quill's Losers of the Week. We've got uh, some guys who just really have, have let us down, maybe even not just in fantasy, but in real life. Betting a lot on uh, a lot of Guardians of the Galaxy fans out there knowing first names and all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Yeah, I would have gone with Star Lord. Yeah, instead of <laughs> Peter Quill. That's but, his name. Yeah. Well, whatever. You may know him by that. The it's Galaxy not- knows him as Star Lord. <laughs> now they do. Okay. Um, <laughs> Tom, who is your loser of the week? My loser of the week is going to be Mike Glennon. It was already announced that. Mitch Trubisky is going to take over the starting job. They have a long week, so it's a good week to make the switch. They're going to be playing on Monday Night Football, and uh, I think you know might be the last we see of Mike Lennon for a while. In the offseason, he was going to be like a trendy guy to pay a bunch of money to. They paid him a bunch of money, they invited him to the draft, and they drafted um, their new quarterback right in his face. Thank God for guaranteed money. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, so rare in NFL contracts now, so the fact that he got so much is... Crazy. Yeah, he had two interceptions and two fumbles lost in the One game. One was a completely botched snap where he needed. Um, it was almost yeah. like a punt. And Romo, <laughs> everybody's been talking about Romo. Romo like picked that play apart and just pinned it all on Glennon. Yeah. So, so big time loser. Yeah. No argument, I'm sure. Yeah. Scotty. Going off of the uh quarterbacks, my loser is Don's boy, Jay Cutler. And I mean the Jets defense is looking better. I was gonna say this to you, Don too. The Jets you have to give the Jets a week off, full two episodes. No garbage talk about the Jets. They're a middle-of-the-pack NFL team, and you can't treat them as anything other than One that. One game behind in their division. Right. Can't do it. So we won't hear it. <laughs> anyway. Deal. We're shaking on it. <laughs> anyway, um, Jay Cutler, we, we assumed, had a cape, cupcake excuse me, matchup against the Jets and uh, didn't deliver. Shocker. Not... And then he goes into a absolute cupcake with the Saints. And now the Saints defense is apparently a starting fantasy option. Two when... strong weeks in a row. It's all about playing Jay Cutler. He really. combined to score, the Dolphins combined to score six points versus those two teams, which gives you no confidence going further in Dolphin fantasy assets, at least to me. Matt, Matt Moore's got to be on the sideline. Like, really? You went and got him for this, huh? And Matt Moore was serviceable. 
and in yeah. Tannehill's stead for those couple of games last year and led them to a victory over the Jets, if yep. I recall correctly. So who's your yeah, loser, Don? It's Amari Cooper. And it's just for this week. It's not like a lifetime achievement award. You know, you hear all this stuff about, you know, Crabtree's going to be out. And there was a report that came out that Cooper and Carr knew that Crabtree probably wasn't going to play earlier in the week than everybody else did. So they were both staying after and working on routes and working on plays. And and we get to Sunday and, and yeah, I get it. They played Denver. But I mean, when is the talent going to win out for him? And right now it's coming out in the form of him being really talented at dropping catchable targets. You know, I mean, he he had a crucial drop on a third or fourth down while they, while they were driving, had to settle for a field goal. And then he had, you know, the jump ball. I mean, you know, it's 50-50 ball, so obviously he didn't have a 100% chance of catching it. But at some point, if you're going to be an elite-level receiver, you got to start coming down with these. Amari Cooper is... In negative matchups, Amari Cooper is benchable, and that's really tough because there were drafts where he was going in the second round. Yeah, so I mean, you know, he was—he's my tried. loser for this week. To go off of your theme, Scott, he is my boy. I do like him a lot. I do think he's one of the most promising young players in this league, and I do think he gets right. But for but, how long can he be the most promising young player in the league? How long can you be a loser? And how long are we still going to draft him ahead? of Michael Crabtree. And I don't mean we, I mean the fantasy community does. Yeah. But I mean, every time I see him go off the board, that's just, that's fine for me because I know I'll I'll wait for Crabtree. Cause if I, if I draft Cooper, I'm not going to draft Crabtree. So I'm always in the woods waiting for Crabtree. Unless you're like a huge Raiders fan, you know, and and even as much as we loved or hated on Cooper and loved uh, Crabtree, we still all had Cooper rated within the top. I had them back to back. Yeah, you know, so it's not like we, we did too. disrespected him at all. We know his talent is there. He's too inconsistent. Yeah, and uh, you know, that's kind of let's kind of segue that because Carr did go down. Right. Um, looked like he just got back spasms. He got knee in the back, which sounds awful, by the way. Yeah. Um, and was felt like a tingling sensation in his legs, like up and down his legs. So as a precaution, they kept him out. They think he might not miss time. Which is pretty good. Uh, but speaking of guys who missed time, you know, we lost Chris Carson, Marcus Mariota with a hamstring, Julio Jones. The Falcons are on bye, but it looks like he's not going to miss time. Yeah. Sanu goes down. He's out two to three weeks. There's a lot of guys who are going to who are startable that you're going to not be able to count on. So what do you need? A hero. That's right. So let's bring it up. Let's uh, talk about our waiver wire heroes for this week and let's get it out of the way if deshaun watson is not owned in your fantasy league go get him yeah it's time to it's definitely past time to pick him up what a game he put together this week that was just unbelievable like i was big on him and you know i reaped the benefits because i stacked him and deandre hopkins in my fan duel and draft kings lineup so that was fun but um you know I just had a feeling it was going to come in this week. I didn't know it was going to be 57 points worth, but I think it's here to stay, and I think he's he's startable against every team in the league. Yeah, I mean, I don't have too much to add to that. The big thing that I liked about him was he he really shows up. You know, When he plays in these high-pressure games, it doesn't get to him. That's why I wanted him to go to the Jets, tough place to play quarterback, right. and I figured he could have handled it. A couple guys I do want to bring up are just guys that I don't think you should be adding, almost like anti-heroes here. They had good weeks, but I think you should kind of be ignoring it. Um, first one on the Chargers, Austin Eckler. He scored, but it was in one carry. Yeah. Uh, next one, this one is maybe doable, but J.D. McKissick for the Seahawks, he's the guy that Don brought up that they brought out of the practice squad just to be the C.J. Procise role for a little bit. But they love C.J. Procise, and he's working his way back to being healthy. So I McKissick would McKissick did score twice last night. But I would ignore him. I really would. And then Fozzie Whitaker, who scored on a Christian McCaffrey fake, essentially. Yeah. So I don't think you can rely on any three of those, especially with the Seahawks backfield. That guy's got like maybe the highest chance. But now you're getting back Rawls, you're getting back Lacey. It's going to be more crowded than ever. I think that's a, a backfield, to, you know, to kind of avoid all of them, that Seahawks backfield. I think that, you know, if you have one on your roster already and there's like, and you're maybe wait on late on the, the waiver wire uh, priority list, maybe you kind of hold back and hold a Lacey and just hope, 
you know, like Rawls and Procise get hurt. They're both kind of injury prone. They all kind of are injury prone. Even so, Lacey. Yeah, for the most part, I would avoid it. I would actually kind of compare it to to kind of segue into uh, the Ravens uh, kind of muddled backfield at this point with Collins, who looked pretty good, but didn't get a ton of carries. Nine carries, but over 80 yards. Yeah, he, he looked good, but I don't think he's going to take too much from West and from Buck Allen. I see kind of the Seahawks and Baltimore backfield both being kind of like that. Yeah, I'm the- kind of going in a different direction with Scott on the Ravens. I think Alex Collins has completely surpassed Terrence West. I think West is. I think Collins kind of has that burst that West hasn't really had this year. I think they're going to look to get him the ball more, and I think Allen's Buck Allen's going to stay in that Woodhead role. But again, you know we're expecting Danny Woodhead back at the end of the year, so use your Buck Allen as your bye week filler when you can. But just know that like there's an expiration date on Buck Allen's value, and it's whenever Danny Woodhead's back and healthy. So just you know, it's could be muddy. You know, the, the Seahawks injury, I mean, I, I saw the Carson injury live. It was horrific. And, you know, players on both knees down, I mean, you just hate to see it. Um, but like I said, I mean, with I think P. Carroll hinted today that um, was gonna Rawls was going to be the first horse out of the stable. What does that actually mean, though? They love it, to me, him. it's nothing. They do love Rawls. I think they got to love what McKissick gave him because he really had a nice burst out of the backfield every time he touched the ball. So I'm kind of fading what you said, Tom, a little bit. I understand the the apprehension to picking him up, but if you got a spot, if you've got you know, if you've got Carson and you want to try to take a shot on McKissick, I don't think it's gonna be Lacey. So I mean, it's basically a coin flip between McKissick and Rawls about who's gonna get these carries when Prosites comes back, and so. I don't mind picking up either one and just giving it like a two-week tryout, especially if you feel like you've got an available roster space. The dangerous thing with that, and I guess we can, this might be the last part of it because we're spending a little bit of time on these guys. CJ Procise was available as a three-down back to them at a point last year, and it might get to that point again if they can't find the right three-down back. So to me, it's just very crowded. I don't think these guys are... So for McKissick, it's like I wouldn't put in a waiver claim but if he goes unclaimed, I might roster him so right. I can float up the list a little bit more. I think that, to close it out, these guys are not guys that are going to become like workhorses. Even Alex Collins looked good in nine carries, but you know he's been around the league, and I just don't really see him getting 20 carries. Former Seahawk. A guy who's also been around the league but you know has been really consistent that I think is now definitely worth an ad is Gio Bernard. Um, kind of waiting out his scenario with the Bengals. With their new offensive coordinator, it's pretty clear that he's going to be heavily used and is going to go back into that bi-week filling RB2 flex kind of role. Definitely a PPR guy to keep your eyes on. I think Mixon has shaken King Hill off of him. He's not going to get Gio Bernard off of him for the rest of the year. I mean, this is, you know, Gio is going to keep that passing down role. In PPR leagues, you're absolutely right, Scott. He's a must-own because he's going to be a guy who can really make a difference for you as these bi-weeks start rolling through. Let's stick with the running back topic. We have another rookie running back who got hurt, Dalvin Cook. He looked every bit like the bell cow that the Vikings were hoping he would be. Tears his ACL, actually lost the lost a fumble because he was in so much pain. I mean, that shouldn't even count if, if I'm going off on a quick aside. But um, I think the, um, the direct path to finding a fill-in for him would be Latavius Murray, yes. the big contract guy. We were Three talking years, about fifteen million dollars. Yeah, that's before a lot. they drafted Dalvin Cook. So if they didn't know that they'd wind up with Dalvin Cook, and I'm sure they're happy with what they got. Right. But the plan was originally Latavius Murray. Yeah. And it seems like back to uh square one. And Jarek McKinnon sprinkled in, I think he'll get the passing down work. So as you guys have often said, I love that pass catching back. So if you have a spot for McKinnon, I know he got an ankle injury last week, though. You'll have to monitor that. But, you know, maybe a guy who's not worth a claim but worth that later add, like uh, like Tom said. Latavius Murray, I think, is the number one claim this week. Uh, it for me, It seems too. like he's set up to get 20 carries, and he's shown on Oakland he could at least get you 80 yards and probably a touchdown with that. And he's not a terrible pass catcher. So no. he doesn't have to come off the field in those kind of situations. If he's, you know, rumbling and things are going good, they're not just going to make sure they swap out and get McKinnon in there. I do think McKinnon's going to get touches. They do like him. And he's capable of a lot more gadgety stuff right. than Latavius Murray is. And there's always room for that in an offense. So Definitely. I think with Dalvin Cook going down, we'll see more of both of them. But Latavius Murray is the number one guy this week for me. He's probably 
the best waiver claim so far this year. So like if you've been sitting at number one, I think this is what you've been waiting for. Or if you're in a, uh, a fab a free, budget. Action, free agent auction budget. Right. So I, I agree. I think, you know, the one thing we got to remember about McKinnon, because that was certainly my thing when you guys said, Oh, like Latavius Murray, like we're all in on him. I was like, well, what about McKinnon? You guys brought up a great point. McKinnon couldn't shake Matt Asiata last year or the year before right. in a post AP world. So, there's no reason why he can't, why he's going to be able to keep a younger, more agile back than AP is right now in Latavius Murray. I think he's a he's a home run. He's going to be a guy that you can depend on. And keep in mind, I mean, we still have people trying to string together a running back committee in a post David Johnson world. So this one really, Latavius Murray, whoever gets him in your league, is going to get a huge boost. Um, let's move to the tight end position. Well, wait, wait, we got oh. two more running backs that are pretty low owned. We got uh, Andre Ellington who got 14 targets this week. That's a lot. 10 Um, catches. He looked a lot better. Even two weeks ago, he looked a lot better running than Chris Johnson. I thought, you know, I even mentioned him that he was a good fan duel play DraftKings play and he was cheap and I expect him to be that kind of role again. Yeah. I think the the Cardinals are going to keep throwing and he's a good short pass asset. And um, last one, a guy that, um, if you go way back, I, I actually brought up at the, on the rookie episode. Um, it was a bit of a uh, deep dive. Um, it was more of like in our plum pick range for the episode. Just a guy that I really liked in college was Wayne Gallman, and he turns you know his first action into the only productivity we've seen from the Jets running or the Jet the Giants. Excuse me. <laughs> I wish he was a Jet. They're looking the Giants, like the Jets. The Giants. Are. Yes, they sure are. Um, but Wayne Gallman. Uh, you know, he just looked awesome, and I'm happy for him. And I think that if you're in a 12-man league or even like a deeper 14-man league, definitely worth an add. He's not a guy you can plug and start yet, but he's certainly a guy that you can stash. And, you know, I think the Giants, he's earned more snaps, in my opinion. And I think the Giants, if they're smart, which, you know, 0-4, the jury's still out about that. But, you know, this could be a a turning point for the Giants' backfield. Let's go to the tight end now. Another team in I New York. I one. <laughs> more <laughs> <laughs> then you can say as many tight ends as you want yeah Don. elijah mcguire on the jets we've seen that there's space for two running backs on the jets with Balal pal and matt forte and as long as matt forte is injured elijah mcguire is going to be getting some run he had 10 attempts 10 rushing attempts and two receptions he put in a 20 point fantasy performance yeah so uh for him i think there's more room for him than some of those guys that i was poo-pooing in the beginning but, uh, Don, I can see the it's, anger in your eyes. It's just interesting to me that you have Elijah McGuire as one of the guys that you're investing in and not on the list of guys that you're fading away from because, I mean, Forte is coming back. I mean, I'm saying if as long as Forte does come back, if, if Forte does come back right away, then yeah. But they thought Forte thought he broke his toe. It wasn't like a small nick. Right. So And he's Turf not a tough injury. Too. And he's not a young man. He's not, and not anymore, unfortunately, because he was such a stud. Can I, am I, is it safe? I think so. All right. Charles Clay. We've been saying it for weeks now. Tom, you've been saying it basically since the advent of this show. (laughs) You got to go get him. He leads the Bills and targets. They're losing Jordan Matthews to wrist or thumb surgery. For a month. For at least a month. It could even get to more. Going through the gambit. I know. What a season he's had. Um (laughs) But you got to go get Charles Clay. I mean, it's a it's a position that is always notoriously thin, and you've got a guy who's going to lead his team in targets. You can't not afford to try to get Charles Clay at this point. Yeah, dude, Gronk, Zach Ertz, Charles Clay. That's wow. the top three tight ends in fantasy wow. football right now. So if he's out there, you have to add him. You know, even like Witten kind of burned people and he burned me especially because he went off the first two weeks and faded but it does not seem like Charles Clay is going to fade at all too you much know, volume too much volume for him and you know it just looks like he's he's poised for really what Tom boldly predicted as a possible top 10 year tight end position he could be top five if the Bills are interested in winning which prior to this season we weren't sure that they were but it kind of seems like it now that they beat the defending uh, NFC champions I mean they can't afford to not keep Charles Clay involved. 
He's literally all they've got until Zay Jones makes that rookie leap in the middle or late later half of the season. Like, he better start soon, actually, yeah, with he's Jordan the, Matthews out. He's yep. the only show in town, and he's got Tyrod's trust. I don't think any of the other wide receivers on that team have Tyrod's trust, and we still haven't seen that bust-out game from Shady McCoy yet either, so you got to go get Charles Clay. No doubt. I think this is a really thin week at receiver for waiver pickups. Funches, I like. Um, double-digit targets over the last two weeks. As long as Greg Olson is out, the offense is kind of opening up to him a little bit more, and he took full advantage of it last week for sure. I mean, he was wide open. Yep. We'll give him that. You know, anyone that open can yeah, do some damage. I guess I was a week or so premature on him when I thought that, you know, he would have a much better uh, week against the Saints. But, you know, that target share that um, – we kind of expected it is holding true for him. Uh, I think another another receiver that's very much worth an add, and I don't even think people were even thinking about him until he burst on the scene with two touchdowns this week, is Will Fuller. Um, also, he has had basically no reps with Deshaun Watson because he was hurt, and Tom Shavage, Savage was you know the first-team starter before Fuller got hurt, so he really hasn't had much with Watson. I think that that relationship could easily mature over time he went out there and looked like he did though i mean yeah exactly and they were looking at him in the red zone and with the current plan of feed hopkins till you know he's totally full or maybe even past overstuffed yeah seems like if the defenses were expecting that that will fuller's like he was just wide open and if that continues i mean he's a fast guy makes big plays creates space so the, the sky's the limit for him. Another pass catcher that we missed, tight end. Um, our boy Cameron Bray. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Still hanging out plum out pick there. And- for me. Um, O.J. Howard, well, plum pick last week. O.J. Howard had a touchdown as well, yep. but it was another one of those wide open kind of deals. Yeah. I mean, that easily could have been Cameron Bray. That easily could have been someone in the stands. Like, yeah. you could yeah. have threw that to me, and I would have made a play. So, Cameron Bray, to me, is a... Uh, like an every week starter tight yeah. end who is somehow available. We tried. We tried to tell him. We tried to tell you. All righty. Let's, uh, let's get to the recaps of the games. We'll start with the Thursday night one. It's the t- one you guys have had the most time with, so I'm sure you pretty much know the story. Uh, the Packers looked great. Four touchdowns from Aaron Rodgers. Didn't surpass 200 yards, but surpassed four touched, but got four touchdowns. So, you know, another 20-point performance for him. Ho-hum. Ty Montgomery exits this game with a rib injury. They thought it was broken ribs. He's actually day-to-day, and they get the semi-bye week because they played Thursday night. He could very well play against the Cowboys uh, next Sunday, so that looked pretty good. Get well soon, Devontae Adams. Yeah, that was that was horrible. Um, honestly, I would be a little nervous with um, rib injuries. They were talking about it. Tony Romo was talking about it on the broadcast of um, – how teams will be deceptive about having broken ribs so players on the other team don't target that. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it sounds a little scummy, but, you know, it's the way of the world in football. And it seems like, you know, it was like Ty Montgomery has broken ribs and the Packers were immediately like, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. So, you know, who knows if he has broken ribs or not. Either way, I don't expect it to just be like healed in the next 10 days. Yeah, but... At the same time, he wouldn't be the first running back to play with broken ribs. It's not right. largely uncommon. You see Rob Kelly right now dealing with a rib injury. I know it's not broken ribs, and we don't know how many broken ribs Ty Montgomery has. Right. Like you said, they're kind of secretive about it. Devontae Adams, um, I'm almost positive he's also in the concussion protocol. So yes. even if he doesn't even if he feels well, if he doesn't pass that aspect of everything, you know, I give them this man is a week. week off. This is a week to yeah. uh to not play him if you're a, you know the Packers yeah moving fantasy moving to the Bears Jordan Howard gets his late garbage time touchdown Tariq Cohen not as involved as we would have liked to have seen I think that's why there was such a wide margin of victory for the Packers was because they just couldn't get Tariq Cohen in space also Cohen got hosed by his own offensive line he had two carries for 35 yards and both came back from a holding call so unbelievable he was right there right close to his you know 80 to 100 total yard mark that he's basically been hitting every single week. If you have Cohen, relax. It was just a kind of weird week for him, and he'll be back next week. How do we feel about these running backs now that Trubisky's going to be starting against the Vikings? Good. They're still the focal point of the whole team. Yeah. What receivers would, you know, I just nothing's going to change. They don't have anything that would change their like their game plan, so to speak, because they're just too talented at that position. I will say I kind of – think Trubisky's going to do good. I'm 
I think he's going to do well. It seems like he has all the tools. It's unfortunately he has no receivers really to throw to, but he's got a good set of backs and he's got a, a sure-handed tight end. I think that that he'll he's going to be better than Glennon. I'll put it like that. Tough opponent though, and we'll get to that in the uh, preview episode right. this yeah. week. All right, let's move on. Uh, foggy London Town. Jay Cutler looked a little foggy against the Saints. They get shut out, like Tom said. The Dolphins have managed six points against the vaunted Saints and Jets defenses in the last two weeks. Uh, Drew Brees connected with Michael Thomas, connected with Alvin Kamara again. And Saints are actually looking pretty good, especially that defense. They've surprised people after being pretty lousy for the first two weeks of the season. One of our good friends actually started the Saints defense against Jay Cutler. And, um, you know, I was was with him while we were watching the game. And, you know, he was so pumped, obviously. It's like... Dude, how could you think to start them? And he's like, it has nothing to do with their defense and everything to do with Jay Cutler just being completely inefficient. Maybe it's something that you can start to string along when you're looking for defenses to stream. Who's playing Jay Cutler? Because right now he's on an ugly streak. Yeah, there's certainly good defenses in the points allowed category. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. I think everyone on the on the Dolphins is kind of on fantasy watch right now because their value is being affected by I mean, if you can't play offense, how are you going to produce fantasy points? Yeah. So right now, I mean, everyone's on watch, and that's literally my opinion about it. I just I wouldn't feel comfortable starting a Dolphin. I have started Devontae Parker every week the Dolphins have played. I don't really feel too uncomfortable about it. I mean, he's seen eight targets or more in all three of their games. So the volume's there. You got to hope he gets – Cutler. I mean, Cutler does need to find his rhythm if he's going to kind of make that next leap. But – I'm okay if I'm a Devontae what, Parker into owner to the end zone. Yeah, yeah, but I think there's other I think there's other eight target guys out there with a more reliable situation going on. Like if I had Pierre Garcon, I'd start him over Jarvis Landry, even though you think like, oh, you know, Jarvis Landry PPR stud. Well, so is Pierre Garcon. He's got a good yep. matchup this week. Like you know, that's where my mind's at. All right, let's move to the. I think this is the upset of the week. The Panthers go into New England, beat the Patriots. I called it a lock on the last week's episode yeah. that the Patriots would win. So yeah, sorry about the whole shut it down on Cam Newton thing. Yeah, that was Cam <laughs> looked great with his work boot cleats in pregame, and they, they he went, went out and put in work. He he had a Cam type of game where yeah. I think that they kind of used more of the run to get him comfortable a little bit, and you know it just seems like. When he scores a rushing touchdown in a game, he just like seems so much more relaxed and throws the ball so much better. It's kind of crazy, I think, that you know it's such a big part of his psyche, the running game, and he was able to kind of get involved in it finally this week. And he also got a Patriots defense, which all of a sudden looks like they're a horrible? shootout target. Yeah, Also on Fantasy Watch. I mean, it's good to start anyone against the Patriots now. Yeah, I, I'm shocked. I'm fine it. with. It's great for Tom Brady. There's no doubt about it. And his receivers, you're seeing Amendola, you're seeing Hogan. They're very, very startable, like we were saying before the week. Amendola's uh, probably out week. there, too. Exactly. Another guy that we probably should have yeah. brought up earlier. If either if of those guys are out there. If you're looking for a hero, Amendola could easily be one. Absolutely. Brandon Cooks is being uh, outperformed by them sometimes, you know, right. also chipping in on his own right. But. Tom Brady is just so good at spreading the ball around that if you're a receiver or a receiving running back on the Patriots, you can score. You can be uh, a useful part of the team. Even Deion Lewis got a shot. Yeah, that was – Deion Lewis touchdowns are going to be the worst touchdowns of the year, mm. in my opinion, because there's just so many other Every ways other Patriot yeah. is started yeah. besides exactly. him, basically. <laughs> and no one's going to start Deion Lewis next week because he scored. Well, there will be a three-touchdown Dwayne Allen week. Oh, for sure. It's, <laughs> it's coming. Gonna, yeah, it's going to be there. Um, let's move on. Jags take the Jets to overtime. The Jets get a late Chandler Catanzaro field goal. Nice little redemption story for him as he got cut by the Cardinals last year. Um the Bilal Powell touchdown was the flukiest touchdown you'll see all year. Great the Elijah McGuire touchdown was not. Yep. And the Jags D comes through again. They get a defensive touchdown on yet another fluky Bilal Powell play. And uh, it was a weird game, but if you were lucky enough to start Bilal Powell or the Jags D, you ended up okay. And I think those are really the only two highlighted players that anybody would have started in that game. Robbie Anderson coming in a little bit onto his own, which you know we're obviously big fans of. Uh, him doing that, I'd much rather that than the alternative, especially since we've been uh, pumping his name out there in the airwaves. Right. So if you still got him, I mean, it's good to have him. Um, I'm not sure I'm starting him just yet. We'll see if the matchup's just right. And on the weeks that it is, we'll let you know. But right now, by law, pal, stock way up. 
everyone else in this game kind of business as usual. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought the Jags receivers really didn't show up, and they did not. I I kind of expected a, a lot better from them. Uh, if you can't stop the run, then there's a good chance you can lose to the Jets because they really have been running the ball well in the two games that they've won. And you know, I'm hopeful that this is the time where the Jets finally realize that Bilal Powell is their best offensive player because outside of that long run. He was still turning off big runs and making nice plays for them and really sealing the victory. Not trying to get too ahead of ourselves here, but the Jets play the Browns next week. Could we possibly see a Jets team above 500 next week? Yes. Yeah. Can't wait to see it. We will. Austin Severian Jenkins was I was a week early on him, um, man. If he's still available <laughs> versus the Browns, you got you to gotta pull yep. the trigger on that one. You know how it goes. Yep. Just ask Tyler Croft. <laughs> so the Titans went to Houston – this weekend, and uh, they're lucky they made it out alive. An ambush, 57-14. Marcus Mariota, the only Titan really noteworthy, gets two rushing touchdowns to kind of salvage his day and get give his owners something in the uh, in the fantasy point column uh, before he exits with a hamstring injury. Uh, I think it was Scott, you said he's might have escaped? Yeah, I think he's day-to-day at this point. The MRI came back, and it wasn't anything too crazy. He strained it, pulled up on it, and they were getting spanked into oblivion at that point. So it was time for him to take a seat and you know learn from the mistakes that the Texans clearly show that they're capable of making. Mariota um, owners should be optimistic about his availability for the upcoming week, but you know maybe a cautious optimism because he's don't not expect another thirty-five. Yard rushing touchdown like he had this well, week. Of course, but I mean, just as his availability goes, you know, there's a chance he doesn't play. Any sort right. of setback can happen, so it's something to monitor. And obviously, that's something we'll be talking about next episode, Twitter, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Moving to the Texans, we know that DeAndre Hopkins is going to be fed like a Thanksgiving turkey. Are we ready to invest in Will Fuller as a starter, or are we just rostering him at this point? He's a just roster for me right now. Lamar Miller, I think, uh, kind of saved his stock a little bit this week. I was hoping that that breakout would belong to I had already uh, abandoned ship long ago. Yeah. But he was it was really close. You know, it was the touchdowns he scored were I know I don't mean to rag on that guy for having a great game cuz he really did have a good game, but you know, he runs an option they run an option and the whole defense is staring dead at the Sean Watson and he just sticks his foot in the ground and pitches it out to Lamar Miller who walks into the end zone. And then there was a, like a play fake and he just goes out in the flat and he catches it and basically walks into the end zone again. Yeah. So, you know, those are two of maybe the five or six touchdowns Lamar Miller is probably going to score this year unless he really erupts over the next few yeah, weeks. Yeah, it's funny because that was his big problem, right? He's yeah. not scoring. And then in this game he goes wild in that column. So something not to expect every week if you are a Lamar Miller owner. Things are looking a little brighter, but he's not uh, prolific in the red zone. Moving to the Steelers and the Ravens now, we got our Le'Veon Bell game. Uh, so we congratulations sure yeah. to those of you who were who stuck with him, who didn't panic trade him. He gave you the performance you drafted him to give you, uh, carried the Steelers to a win, and pro- hopefully, probably carried you to a fantasy victory. Um, for the Ravens, Mike Wallace gets his first touchdown, so he may not exactly be a forgotten man. But uh, this was a this se- game seemed pretty ugly to me. Um, other than Le'Veon Bell, nothing really noteworthy to talk about. As good as the Ravens looked the first two weeks, they've looked equally as bad the next two weeks. You know, it just it doesn't even really make sense how bad they've been compared to how good they looked the first two weeks. But, you know, that's football for you, right? Yeah. Yeah, Antonio Brown with the down game. Obviously, you're never going to sit him. He's he's going to be fine. He'll get you um, back. The, the thing Big Ben, to- though, I mean – what do you do? I wouldn't you know? I wouldn't be starting Big Ben unless he was at home and I had Antonio Brown on my team and went for that kind of home run swing. I think that what the Steelers are kind of turning to is on the road, they're going to run the ball heavily with Le'Veon because Ben is just really not that good on the road. And, you know, they went into Baltimore and just pounded it with Le'Veon. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that's what you can expect going forward. Bengals and Browns, a career, a get-right game for Andy Dalton that he really needed. Four touchdowns, no interception. Uh, did he turn the ball over? He fumbled, actually, Figures. in the very beginning. Okay, so no interceptions, which was where I was going with that. So I guess that counts. Uh, Tyler Croft, Tom, way to go. Two tutties. We have to bend the knee. Um, Good job. 
the Browns, though, we need to discuss the running back torch because I think it's been firmly passed to Duke Johnson. Yeah, maybe not like depth chart wise, but fantasy lineups wise, absolutely. Right now, I'm benching Isaiah Crowell. I would have benched him last week as well. Um, I'm not sure I'm starting Duke Johnson. It just depends on the roster construction of your team. If you've suffered some injuries, if you are the right. Dalvin Cook owners, you are the whoever owners. David or David Johnson, wishful thinking. Right. Duke Johnson slots right in, especially in PPR. I mean, he's scoring reliably here, so I don't see the problem. Me neither. For the Bengals, the backfield, like we said, it's it's Gio Bernard. He's gonna have a role. You can believe in that now. Jeremy Hill, if you ha- if you somehow still have him on your roster, I think you can go ahead and cut him. Definitely. I still think with the volume Mixon's getting and the belief that their new offensive coordinator has in him, I do think that breakout's coming. I'm just disappointed that it wasn't this week. Me too. I really thought it was uh, almost a, a certainty versus the Browns. But Andy Dalton was out there slinging. You know, Gio, Bern- Gio Bernard was getting a lot of passes. Mixon catches some passes in his own right. Yep. But um, just wasn't, wasn't converting them like Gio was. Wasn't the game for him. Yeah. Nope. Let's move now to a running back who did break out, though. Amir Abdullah sets a career high in carries, sets a career high in rushing yards, scores a touchdown. The Lions win a slugfest 14-7 against those Vikings. Dalvin Cook does score before he gets injured, and the Vikings can muster nothing more against the Lions defense. Uh, this was not as high scoring as I had hoped it would be, um, but still a very entertaining game, and I'm really hopeful for Emil Abdullah moving forward. Yeah. Well, yeah, you were definitely right on the shut it down on Matthew Stafford as well. Not a great fantasy performance. No. But um, Amir Abdullah suffers a little bit of an injury. He's going to be fine. He's going to be available for you next week. Um, he had a great game. It's hard to take it away from him. He kept Theo Riddick out of the game as well. It's really yeah, weird. Getting scary Theo. Riddick Theo. only had one reception. Which Two is targets, too. Really unusual yeah. for that kind of guy. It's getting a little scary for Theo. He he really hasn't been producing since week one, once Amir Abdullah really started to get the stranglehold on that backfield. Um, the Lions' defense is startable every week. Absolutely. They've scored double-digit fantasy points four straight weeks, and they're doing it against, you know— Atlanta and Minnesota who was putting up points. This is a defense that you can pick up right now in almost every single league. And you can, at this point, put them in your lineup and not look at your defense until they're by. I love it. I was sorry. They play Carolina at home. So they'll be home uh, next week. Cam Newton. If we get Cam Newton from weeks one through three, it's a great matchup. If we get Cam Newton from week four, we'll see about it. But you know, they've got special teams capability. They've even taken a punt back to the house this year. So I'm I'm good to roll with them. Yeah, and uh, like I saw I spot started the Lions against the Giants week two. And I was like, Oh, they'll we'll get a couple they'll get a few sacks, blah, 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 blah. Turns out they get a punt return for a touchdown, and that was like exactly what I needed right. from them. And pick I've kept them since the, then. Pick six against the Falcons, too. So really defensive go. touchdowns so far. Yeah, Perfect. They're, they've really been defensive killing Defensive slash special teams. Right. A lot of people were calling this game the upset of the week, and I think that that's very offensive to the dozens of L.A. Rams fans out there. <laughs> they go into Dallas. They beat the Cowboys. Jared Goff looks like a world beater. Todd Gurley looks like a world beater. This offense, over 30, over 30 points again. They went, they went over 35 points, I think, or over 30 points. I think it was like six times between 2011 and 2016. That was Jeff Fisher's tenure. They've now done it three times in four weeks. And uh, there's a cheers in order yeah. for the Moscow Mule, the baby. Mule. He must have heard me call him out. He must have heard, yeah. he must have heard you say that this was your get-right week or, or now-or-never week for Cooper God, Cup. I hope he it was listens. perfect. He's, but, he's confirmed listening <laughs> to the episode where we called him the Moscow Mule. But he did... Um, have himself a very good game and you know the rams everyone's saying that you know all oh, the matchups for the rams are getting tougher as the season goes on they're going to get tougher as the seasons go on and here they are getting better and better as a team and as an offense you know by the week todd Gurley looks as though he is unstoppable yeah. as a running back and a receiver and you know they're just finding that guy last week it was robert woods and sammy watkins putting up 100 receiving yards this week it's cup it's you know they have the options yeah what i love about todd Gurley is i think sean mcveigh was watching the san diego chargers and how they handled melvin gordon last year this was a guy who didn't score any touchdowns was having trouble finding running lanes so what do they do they swing it out to him and they get him in open space and that's what the rams are doing with Gurley, and he's showing that 
you know, maybe this Rams offensive line just isn't giving him the holes that he needs because when he gets an open space in the back out of the backfield, he's terrifying. Terrifying. And he's no longer a secret good PPR play. Yeah. Like he was this year. Or last year, you mean? Well, like coming in like this draft. Oh, right. Like right. he was a like people wouldn't give him that credit of that like, that he's gonna catch 50, 60 balls this year. He might even pass that. Yeah, absolutely. What For, a year he's having. Flipping to the Cowboys, we got a great Zeke game, two touchdowns. Wait, celebration where he scored the touchdown, took the towel off the back and eat, and was eating and then cleaned his face off. Great one. One of my I favorites. For the, the one, weekend. he stuck it in his face mask like as if it were his bib. Too. <laughs> so he's got he's got his brand on point. He's got his game on point. Dak hits Bryce Butler again. When is Bryce Butler going to overtake Terrence Williams as the number two receiver in Dallas? Because I feel like it should have happened by now. I mean, maybe he has, I, right? I mean, Terrence Williams had a pretty good week, too. He, he did make some good catches. Some balls underneath, and, you know, it seems like those two are both going to be getting work. They're both getting, like, equal target share with Dez. Yeah, they're, like, very uh, similar, you know? Yeah. They're, like, very similar players, very similar in their role in that team. Like, they're almost interchangeable. If you're looking for a uh, deep kind of throw, make, like, a daily guy, I think Bryce Butler is the play just because he's come up with some pretty big touchdowns. This yeah, year. and he's probably a, a, a short bit of money cheaper than Terrence Williams. Yeah. Too. Uh, Dez, 100 yards just about, so yep. you can't hate on that. No touchdown, but that's a good day. Yeah. It was nice to see them go right at him early with that jump ball, like, right at midfield. He skied up and grabbed it and was like, whoa. He's, Des is going to have a good game today. He's rounding into form, and he's getting to a softer portion of his schedule. I think for those of us who are patient with Des Bryant, you're about to be rewarded because I think a big game from him is coming. Let's move now to the Bills and the Falcons. Bills go into Atlanta, into the closed-down Chick-fil-A Dome, or whatever it's called, <laughs> um, and they beat Atlanta. Atlanta obviously suffered some immense injuries. Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu leave this game and I think we can all agree, I don't think Taylor Gabriel was ever meant to be the number one receiver on the Falcons. So just a lot to deal with. The Bills come out on top. We've really covered this game a lot. Sanu's going to be out a couple of weeks. Both running backs for Atlanta look like they're going to be huge factors in the passing game moving forward. And you got to pick up Charles Clay if he's out there. I agree. Uh, Matt Ryan being a little bit less of 2016 Matt Ryan so far. But tough. You know, we knew a regression was going to be in order. And, you know, yeah, obviously losing your weapons mid-game doesn't bode well for your quarterback. Maybe Hooper, you know, he could be worth a look uh, if Julio and Sanu are out, which I don't really see happening. But in that case, I think Hooper would be definitely... Gabriel, Coleman. They are coming on a bye, right? Yeah, yeah. they have a bye week, week five. Don was pointing at his screen and ready to... Well, yeah, yeah. They I was are. like raising my hand. Well, because Julio's injury is not serious, but it would have probably precluded him from the next game had they had one. Right. So that's why they're like, you know, they kind of dodged a bullet there because right. they do have the bye. Eagles, Chargers, um, Jake Elliott, my boy. <laughs> 250 yarders, 240 yarders. He puts up 19 standard fantasy points. I love the dude. I was able to get him in a couple of leagues. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey gets his touchdown on the first Your drive. Your Cairo Santos replacement? Yes, my Cairo Santos replacement. Me as well for um, the league that yeah, I started he was, him. He was great for the Chargers. Tyrell Williams gets loose for a couple or for a touchdown. Um, Keenan Allen looking very good again. Yeah. Um, Keenan Allen, all about it. Melvin Gordon's knee. I mean, you, at this point, like until Melvin Gordon shows us something, you can't expect RB1 value from him because it seems like the last two weeks now he's looked pretty good in the first half. And in this first half of this game, the Eagles played ball possession and they really just sat on the ball for most of the first half. Gordon comes out and second week in a row, his knee's just not been able to stay loose for the second half and he's been replaced by Brandon Oliver and what was it, Austin Eckler? Yeah, the, the knee is affecting him, but so was game script. You know, yeah. he's... He's clearly uh, he can catch the ball. There's no doubt about it. But he's that's not his thing, and right. that is Brandon Oliver's thing. So, in a weird way, it was kind of good to get him not uh, tackled and bruised up as much as the game called for, because the game was calling for receiving running back. Right. So they kind of let him take a a bit of a in game breather, so to speak. But how many times is that going to happen this year? Well, the Chargers the are getting behind. Every single game, you know, they're, they well, they got the Giants their own week, way, so. like always. So, yeah, that's that's hopeful that they can turn it around. Tyrell Williams is seeming like he's going to be impossible to predict this year. Yeah, yeah that's um, the thing. Those up and down guys, it's almost 
worse to be up and down than it is to be just mediocre. Speaking of mediocre, the Cardinals offense, um, the lone touchdown comes on the last play of overtime. To the savior. Tyron Matthew probably had my favorite tweet from yesterday. He said, can Larry Fitzgerald be the first player to be inducted into the Hall of Fame before he while he's still playing. And I <laughs> couldn't agree more. I think he absolutely 100% deserves it. Um, what a catch he made. Clutch. Gets the wind knocked out of him. He was fine. I know he was writhing in pain after he made the catch. So for those of you who might have cut away from that game to watch a different one, don't worry. He's fine. He's he just got the wind knocked out of him. Sometimes. He absolutely can. <laughs> he's the um, man. Jerron Brown. Uh, sneaky target share actually worth eighth most targets over the last two weeks exactly uh he's getting the double digit target share which is it's pretty interesting him funches those guys so we maybe should have gave him a little respect in the uh in the hero segment but, but we've heard this story before and the hero week one it was Larry. john brown week one it was john brown week two and three it was jj nelson now it's jerron brown you know it's just i yeah. think it's going to keep rotating but the one steady is going to be Larry. and the offense is doing so bad as it is so yeah yeah Moving on now to the Niners, I mean, Hyde has still looked good. I, I think he's the only one. Garcon gets some flex consideration for sure with bye weeks coming up. But, I mean, you know, they, they still haven't won a game. So they got to figure that out first before we can trust, you know, the Marquise Goodwins of the world. Well, he actually got hurt, and they have a pretty good matchup next week. Uh, Garcon got Peterson. So a little uh, preview for the next episode I may be talking about. Ooh. Pierre. All right. Oh, yeah. So the Giants found a new way to lose. Oh, wait, no. That's the same way they lost last week right? on a yeah. last-second field goal yeah. uh, where they scored to go up, and then they just let the team walk them down the field and kick a field They're goal. They're good at that. They're really good at that. <laughs> Mike Evans is really good at catching touchdowns. Yeah. He He's sure really good is. at being bigger than the guy who's covering them. Um, the Giants have now allowed a touchdown to every single tight end that's played them this year. Hashtag stats. Roll them out. Yep. Roll them all out. Yeah, I, I agree. Moving now, uh, Raiders Broncos. Sure, uh, tough game. We covered this one a pretty good amount too. I mean, Carr, the, Cooper, Crabtree didn't play. The receiver who scored, Hotler or Hostler or whatever, Johnny Holton. Johnny Holton used to have a zero dollar price tag on DraftKings and FanDuel. Tom started him last year. Yeah, he did. <laughs> that was it. Wasn't me, but yeah. Oh, wasn't you? It was a buddy of ours. Oh, so. shout out to Jim. Yeah. Um, <laughs> For the Broncos, I thought Simeon would have looked a lot better against the Raiders' defense. Um, you know, Scott, you were kind of warning people about this. We might see, you know, second half Simeon, but um, you know, it could be tough. Yeah, Simeon had another great first half. Was looking like he was gonna light the world on fire, and then second half comes around, and there he goes. But uh, if you're the knee jerk type, go ahead and pick up AJ Derby for a week and a half. What a catch! What a catch he made. That was awesome. So yeah. I mean, he deserves a look just just for that. Or you can watch the replay and then think with your head instead of your heart when you're making your waiver wire pickups this week. Colts Seahawks, we knew this was coming. Um, we didn't think the Colts would give the Seahawks the first half that they gave them. They score all 18 of their points in that first half. Jacoby Brissett, I mean, you, I just it was heartbreaking seeing him watch the Seahawks defense score those two touchdowns. Like it, he, you can just see he was like so affected by it. But in the first half, he bounced back really well. In the second half, he did not. Yeah, I mean, it was a great game for Russell Wilson. Yep. Not a great game for Doug Baldwin. Nope. But he wasn't really 100%. I don't so, know. I thought he looked really good. Well, I mean, even if he looked good, it's you don't want to exert and have a you know a, a, a hiccup as far as anything or, right. you know, a tweak, a new thing. So they got out of it without having to use him terribly. I mean, he did throw a two-point conversion to Russell Wilson, which is pretty cool. <laughs> Uh, they have a pretty good connection going on as far as that reversal of roles whenever yeah. that goes down. But great week for uh, for Russell Wilson, of course. And the receivers, no one else really lit the world on fire. Paul no. Richardson, not a lot of yards. Jimmy Graham, 60, 70 yards in that range. He was responsible for one of Wilson's two picks. The ball went right through his hands. Yeah, but that I give a lot of credit to the two defensive touchdowns. It's just a miracle that Russell Wilson scored as many points as he did right. in that kind of game where he didn't need to and where the defense was stepping up in the point column. Well, as Chris Carson's injury also will indicate, the Seahawks starters were in that game for way too long. Yeah. So... That you happened know, in the fourth quarter. It was Typical nice to see Carroll. the Seahawks defense return to form yeah. a little bit too, get a touchdown. Yeah. And But the real challenge comes next week with the Rams. Rams have yeah. their number for sure. At, yeah. at least yeah. uh, Fisher did for some odd reason. 
But um, that's the slate, right? Monday yeah, night, slate. we've got Redskins. I need 32 Chiefs. points from Tyree Kill and half PPR. I know I'm not going to get it, but I'm hoping he scores an early, long touchdown to kind of keep me interested. If anyone can put up a huge number, it's him. So Or Kareem Hunt. Yep. Yeah, I need a nice one from Kareem Hunt. Oh, heard an awesome stat today. We'll end it here. Kareem Hunt can get zero yards tonight and still lead the league in rushing. That's awesome. Hashtag stats. And with that, we are going to bring it to our interview with Brent. You know him as at Merman5 on Twitter. We're going to uh, talk some smack to him about the Internet Celeb League. So let's kick it to that. Okay, everybody, welcome back to Run Up the Score. We've got one more treat for you. It's the Internet Celeb interview series. Uh, we are going to be interviewing everyone involved with our Internet Celebrity League. And first up, the one who maybe is the least happy to be called an Internet Celebrity. You know him on Twitter, <laughs> at Merman5. He also has now successfully pivoted to uh, to video game streaming. It's at Merman5. We also know him as Brent. Brent, how are we doing? Good guys, how are you guys doing? You guys sound so good. It's like we we were totally ready for this, and we had no problems at all. Yeah, we also uh, we need to send a quick thank you out to you, Brent, because man, oh man, you have been so patient with us with uh, with our technical difficulties. So thank you very I'm, much for doing this. I'm like this. a baboon around <laughs> that kind of stuff, and I managed to broadcast my face across the internet while playing a video game at the same time. I figured that shit out. I know how confusing it is. So you guys are doing, you guys are ahead of the game. Trust me. All right. Well, we're happy to have you on. Let's uh, let's start with your history of as a fantasy football player. When did you start playing fantasy, and how have you enjoyed it at this point in your life? Um, it's I. It's that thing that you do every year that you love and you hate it at the same time. Oh, yeah. I I remember. I don't know the exact year I started, but I remember the very first team I ever drafted had um, Wayne Corbett was my uh, well. One wide receiver. He was my he was my top slot wide receiver. So that's what we're talking those days. As a Jets he, fan, Tom is pumped to yeah, hear that. We're a couple <laughs> Jets fans here. Scott, a Jet fan as well, but not here for this interview. I'm definitely detecting a Canadian accent. Yeah, I, I can't hear it, but I get I get shit for it all the time. And I don't know if we're allowed to curse on this thing, but I'm, I'll probably I'll probably be cursing a bunch. You guys can edit it out wherever. Um, <laughs> that's but, probably yeah, my fault for warning you. Not to try, but it's fine. Go for it. No, um, I get a ton of shit for being um, for being Canadian. And just the, I don't hear it, but I, yeah, it's the very first thing people hear. It's but one yeah, of those when, things like where you're when you not when you hear it all the time, like it just doesn't sound any different. Like we're from New Jersey, I'm sure we sound like a bunch of like fist pumping jerks. But no, you guys like <laughs> I was gonna ask you because I thought like, hey, Jets fans got from Jersey. You guys don't sound like typical Jersey people. But, you know, it's it's just funny, like it, the you know how stereotypes can be. Um, yeah, but apparently with your maple old, syrup houses or whatever you have in Canada. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, don't even have maple syrup. I don't even know what that shit's from. Yeah. So first of all, let's go back in time to your to our draft. How do you how did you feel about your team going into this season? <sighs> I I'm I, I walk out of draft like I just won the lottery. I'm looking at all the other people like you guys got fleeced. I got the team this year, the underdogs. We're a bunch of like, you know, just we're just going to this is this is the un, no one's talking anything about my team because they know that and, uh, you know, this, this team could go either way. I'm Reggie, always super Reggie pumped. Bathwaters. Yeah. The team yeah. name. What is that in reference to? It's a, it seems to have that, gone over my head. That goes back to the, the Twitch thing. And we play a, a game where me and three other friends play against um, random people on the Internet in, in, in like a shooting game. And um, I kept on getting killed and by this one dude. And then my friend got mad and said, who keeps, who keeps shooting you? I'm like, I don't know. And then I looked and it was some dude named Reggie Bathwater. And I've been obsessed with the man ever since. <laughs> it and is like, a catchy a, one. I, and we keep like, you, you play these people and you never see them again ever. And then one of my friends sent a screenshot that he, he, he played against them the other day. <laughs> I was like, Reggie Bathwater lives on. The fantasy football equivalent of that is I've actually, I'm in quite a few leagues I've actually wound up in a mock draft with someone from my actual fantasy league. And what he did was <laughs> like screenshot all my intentions. You know what I mean? So yeah. He, yeah. he actually, he's notorious. He like keeps a file on everyone. Wow. Yeah. It's, oh. it's <laughs> funny. Scott and I actually ended up in the same mock draft last summer. We were like hanging out in our basement and we both forgot about the mock draft. 
So like two minutes <laughs> yeah. in, I was like, oh, Scott, we're in the same mock draft. And then like 15 minutes later, we were watching, uh, I think it was like the OJ show or something. And I was like, oh my God, we both forgot about the mock draft. I and forget. we got our results emailed to us. It was ridiculous. I forget constantly. Yeah. Um, I was going to say before, any Canadian fantasy football? I know there's the CFL. Yeah, the CFL would be ridiculous for fantasy football. It would be just too hard to wrap your brain around. 110-yard field, three downs, everyone throwing for 500 yards a game. It would just be nuts. Six teams. No, it wouldn't be good. High scoring, though. you got to love yeah. that. There's only six um, teams? Uh, there, there may, I don't think. Let's, let's name them all from east to west. There's Toronto Argonauts. Toronto Argonauts, Ottawa Renegades, Hamilton Tigers. Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Calgary Stan Peters is five. I didn't Winnipeg think I was going to get more than six. one. So. Wow. Six, yeah, there's six. There I go. didn't expect it to be so uh, few and far between. Yeah, like, yeah, there's <laughs> like a team from Ontario plays. and You guys fly. have as many football teams as you have hockey teams, though, hashtag stats. We only have two. Yeah, we have no six hockey teams. I was gonna say two, but yeah, no, we only have six <laughs> hockey teams. I know, and we but like the sport is so huge here. I don't get it. I know. I it's, mean, it's, I get it, but yeah. It's stupid. Um, do well, you play fantasy hockey? I do. Yeah. Yeah. How does it compare to fantasy won. football? Oh well, Rook congratulations. <laughs> that was years ago. I was like ten years ago. Um, <laughs> the only rotisseriesly um, in fantasy hockey is fun. Um, like if we're doing like goal categories, stack categories. Um, like assists and stuff, and if you rank that way, that's fun. Um, yeah, that's sort of like the OG way to play fantasy sports. It's so in depth though because you got to ch- tinker and change your lineup every day, right? With fantasy football, you can use you can start on like you know, you can like kind of keep an eye on it, but you don't have to like live with it. But with yeah, hockey, you don't have to check it every day, but you end up checking it every day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I spend so much time looking at available players or my own lineup and then actually do nothing to it or oh yeah make, that's me yeah I'll spend or make the moves sunday right before the game start adam Schefter twitter notifications on and that's like the only time that the serious tinkering begins it's unbelievable oh, i'd be the worst gm in real life because i would take calls all day for like i'd be in my <laughs> office for 13 hours a day i'd come out and everybody's still on the team i wouldn't make a move yeah so uh so Brent, let's get into actually why we ended up asking you. You are a notorious uh, Twitter comedian. Um, I know you guys hate the term weird Twitter, so I won't use it to describe you. But uh, what made you start to use Twitter as the medium to kind of get your your material out there? Um, I I, I don't uh, yet. Yeah, I don't claim to be a comedian. At all. I just I just um, I was on I was just on the internet one day, and um, and then, like I went on Twitter, just like everyone else goes on Twitter, like just following like sports teams and celebs and shit like that. And I just happened to see a joke by Dave uh, Dave Tell. and it was the one about the Michelangelo. Like, um, oh, I God, already know ask, it. Yeah, um, painting. Uh, we pay, asking Michelangelo to paint uh, his ceiling, and he said, "Yeah, but there's gonna be a bunch of dudes with their dicks out." <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Oh my God, what is this?" Yeah, and I clicked on him. And I'm looking like, "Oh shit, there's like a hole." So I said, "Okay, I'm gonna do this," and then I. I harassed him to, to, you know, tell me how to do this, retweet me, make, you know, here's, here's my jokes and all that. And then it just, I said, you learn how to, it's fun. It, it became a challenge to, to see if I can make people laugh in like 140 characters. It's definitely a challenge. I mean, to, to put something so concise in there and the way that you've, the, the format that you've mastered really is the scenario, you know, like dialogue between, uh, you and a wife or you and another yeah. character that's and the shit some, i find funny yeah yeah some of those i mean i when i messaged you to be in the league i actually told you that the the one tweet was like my favorite tweet of all time where you're on the way to play charades with your girlfriend's family but you don't want to be embarrassed and then it's like cut to first thing i have to act out is pasta yeah because it's so ridiculous like you I, know you, everyone has that anxiety like it's it's everyone has anxiety about meeting their girlfriend's parents or their, their or their friends and you don't want to look like an idiot you're trying to think of the right things to say and that just sounds like a horrible thing that you have to try to act ill past in front of everybody i know the second i envision it i laugh i think i i laugh at that tweet every time i see it so was was that tweet drafted out like did you have like other choices in mind like the first thing i have to act out is something other than pasta or did pasta no, just strike it, you that's the thing. Like, I don't spend a lot of like. I don't want to like spend a lot of time writing jokes. So, if, what I, I'll think of a, like, I was when I wrote that. I think I was in the shower, and I thought oh, wow. like, oh my god, could you imagine like having to write like act out pasta? Like that's stupid, right? Yeah. Who thinks about that shit while they're doing that? Apparently, I do. And I was like, 
that would be terrible to do. And then I'm like, oh, what if I had to do it in front of like someone I loved and their family? And yeah. so that's, yeah, that's where I, I write shit. I the irony like of that is that I like to think I do my best thinking in the shower. And yeah. then ever since the onset of like, you know, everyone being on Twitter and it being, you know, updated every second, I sit in the shower with one arm outside of it and scroll through Twitter. So my, oh, no. <laughs> it's too bad. My brain is being wasted away on. So Brent, one of the things that I hate about Twitter is that I'll put like a tweet out there and either it's at like the wrong time or I just like, it just doesn't get the retweets or likes that I think it deserves. Do you feel yeah. like that with, with stuff that you put out there? Oh, everyone does. And they, if they don't, they're, they're lying to you. Everyone, <laughs> everyone, tweets and then they check on it it's just yeah. human nature i think um, it's like our proportions are different right if i get 10 favorites i'm like okay that was a good one and for you it's probably like a thousand right yeah like that's the that's like the yeah, running joke on twitter it's like um a person gets like five favorites and then they're booking an agent right i mean yeah. it, it just, it, it's, it's hard to break in on the twitter game it is i mean it's i get it i understand um it was when like in 2012 when like "Quote unquote weird Twitter was starting 2011 2012. Like if you if you wrote a joke with like 200 likes, I mean you were considered you're huge, right? Yeah, for sure. So, like you look back at the drill tweets, the, like the old ones that'll have like a thousand likes, and some of those are the funniest ones. Yeah. And now he does, or like, some of Brent's. Yeah, of course. But now he'll do like you know whatever, and it's like the boys are back in town. Like Anthony Bourdain follows drill. Yeah, I mean it's their total. Like it's become like it's funny how people join that website to follow these like actual celebrities and, and comedians and entertainers and then in turn these entertainers are being entertained by the people that followed them originally yeah. that's what i find cool about it i mean yeah. that's, that's definitely cool i'm sure that there's impact. some uh there's some some real life quote-unquote celebrities that are following you as well right Ah, uh, yeah i had some cool ones um sarah silverman followed me for a while that's awesome that she she, got, she got fed up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened. I don't know. Um, her intern must run her ratio. You know what I yeah. mean? Like she's um, probably Will like, Arnett all right, we gotta we gotta trim some fat. Oh, Will Arnett's yeah. great. Yeah, that's not, that's Scott just I started like that. watching Bojack. I like the way I like that thing yeah. about trimming the fat thing. Like, yeah, this guy he's really funny, but we can't have him. He's not a celebrity. Yeah, I know. Um, there was yeah, there, I mean, I'm missing like a bunch. I'm sure there's yeah. some. Um, I, I get excited about athletes and stuff. Follow me. Like, I remember like one time a guy from the. The San Francisco 49ers offensive lineman followed me, and uh, his last name was Snyder or something. And Adam Snyder, I think was his name. I can't think of it. Okay, that's yeah. Top of my head. And I was at I was actually at physiotherapy, and I saw I was like, oh shit, he's he's a he's a NFL player. And then yeah, I saw a bunch of other followers like in San Francisco. I'm like, oh my god, it's the offensive line is following me. So I'm like, the offensive line, the 49ers are probably like sitting around a practice, <laughs> passing around a stupid fucking joke I wrote, and now they're just like following. Me. That's cool to me. That's, that's awesome. Cool. You actually have started with your Twitch account, Brent. What kind of led you to that, and how has that been? How has that been for you compared to your experience on Twitter? Um, I, I, I was, I had some shoulder surgeries, I had uh, back to back shoulder surgeries. So I was off work for almost combined like two years. Rotator cuff, a lot of, like, labrum. Uh, I tore my labrum. I dislocated my shoulder and then, uh, at the gym and then I got the, the labrum surgery. And then a year after my surgery, I did it again <laughs> and oh so I had to get another surgery. So it was two years downtime. It's a lot of downtime. Yeah. I had to keep it easy. So I love video games. I always did. Just never had time to play them in my like 20s early 30s but now that i do um i found stumble upon twitch i was like oh these guys play video games and then i realized holy shit these guys have a massive following and these guys are making a ton of money I'm like well how do they do it and so i watched it for a year before i decided yeah i'll do it my buddies talked me into it um and it's just fun i'm playing video games anyway i mean it's it's i'll do it and you know make a buck here or there it's fine but i just do it because i like talking and conversing with people meeting people and talking to them it's super fun. Um, yeah, that's awesome. The Twitter world does not cross over to the Twitch world at all. Really? <laughs> like, zero. Like, you would think that I would just tweet out that I'm twitching, and I would get thousands of viewers, but it does not work that way. Interesting. Yeah, the I genesis thought of that. that sounds a lot like the genesis of our podcast. You know, we were already going to have these long talks about fantasy football. We, we all tore our labrums. Were. I actually <laughs> did. I do have a... Currently torn labrum. 
I've dislocated my shoulder many a times. Podcasting through the pain. Tom. Yeah, you're, you're almost you're, you're convincing me not to get the surgery. Which don't I've get already, the surgery, man. I've already put it off since like 2010, I believe. So I mean, it's a, it's a you're it's a, a long it's a long haul, man. If you could put up with the shoulder pop note, do it. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't. I had to play as part of my job, so I had to get it done. Um, just don't do it. It's a long downtime, and it's no guarantees. Well, you're preaching to me now. I love that. I don't want to be down. And now uh, we learned something. Yeah. But I mean, that's a, that's a perfect point you guys made. It's awesome that you guys you guys knew you guys were gonna be doing it anyway. So why not just have fun with it? And you only go around this world once, man. So might as well just do it, right? Absolutely. And now we get to talk to you about stuff, which is yeah, exactly. which is amazing. You know, yeah, um, I get to listen to you guys about it and actually learn something about fantasy football. But it's not translating too well on the scoreboard. Yeah. Not yet. Not I'm yet. Sorry I was just I looking at your uh, roster over. You got. You're gonna make some moves. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, 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 to... I, I have a, a draft claim, and if it goes through tomorrow, things are gonna be different in this league. I'm telling you right now. I do agree. I do agree. I think you're. I think you. Like I said, I think you're that one move away. And you should have started Russell Wilson this week. But I, I don't mean, know why. See, this hindsight's is my problem with football. I'm a homer. I, 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 no. like, I'm thinking. I'm like Jay Cutler. He was so good in the league. He's a gunslinger. They're playing in London. Everyone's gonna be batshit. Jet lag. He's gonna be throwing bombs. Everyone's gonna be no defense at all. No, like, and then he was the one who was points. jet lagged. Yeah, yeah. Well, Poor that guy. wildcat play. Yeah. That wildcat play. That was so, so, so the epitome, the epitome of Jay Cutler. Exactly. It's unbelievable. I, and I was so pumped about Jay too. Oh well. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Brent, thank you so much again. I mean, it was it was great to get your insight. Great to get uh, some of your internet expertise as for us as we grow our brand. Yours is already so strong. So thank you for letting us. Uh, Get some of the some of your crumbs, and uh, we we look forward to having you back on if if you'd be willing to. Man, you, um, you name the time place. I love this stuff. All right, and we promise we football. will not have so many technical difficulties this time. No, it's fine. I get it. It's fine. It was fun. <laughs> all right, thanks, Brent. All so right, that's guys, actually all right. So that's actually going to do it for us on Run Up the Score. We will see you on Thursday for the week four week five preview, and until then, keep scoring. Hey,